Martin! Martin! Jobber Talk with Martin! Jobber Talk with Martin! And welcome to Jobber Talk! We are back from the last episode where apparently some uh, something happened. <laughs> wow, talk about invasion. Right now we have someone invading this show quite peacefully, mind you. Not like preemptive. He is a fellow fan in the local wrestling scene. You can also see him do some magic and stand-up comedy here and there. Welcome to Jobber Talk, my next guest who will be reviewing PWR Respeto for the second time because he will critique his own critique, Mr. Kel Fabi. Uh, did I say your last name right? Yeah, yeah I got it right. Uh, it's actually Fabier, but nobody, not even I pronounce it Fabier. So Kel Fabi works. All right. Thank you so much for joining me, Kel. And yeah, care to tell us about yourself and how you fell in love with pro wrestling? Well, I, I've been a fan of wrestling since I was uh, seven, eight, maybe. Well, I was still on Channel 13. Yeah, um, that was before. Uh, that was the show that preceded that was a show by Ana Roses, I think. Oh, wow. Is it Ana Roses or Ico Melendez? One of the two. <laughs> so yeah, that's how old school the the show, the you know what I was watching. I, I watched all the way there, and then because obviously my parents didn't let me, I would watch while you know I'll make sure they're sleeping, and then I'll sneak into the television room and watch on mute. <laughs> The you know WWF superstars at the time, and you know th those are all squash mat matches, man. Yeah. And but I was so fascinated, and embarrassingly enough, my first ever favorite wrestler was Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Hey, that was the time where he was tagging with Hulk Hogan. I don't mind that. Yeah, but you know everything afterwards showed me I chose poorly. Hey, I feel insulted. I like his run as the Booty Man and the <laughs> Disciple. And Zodiac and yes no yes no maybe <laughs> wow I take it back I'm sorry <laughs> no but but there so I've been a fan uh, for as long as I could remember and then when it came to Philippine wrestling obviously I, I yes I even watched Pinoy wrestling back in the 80s 90s so yeah I it was in SM um, North SM North so you know you could actually go there and, and catch it at the time on Sundays. This was along, I think this was along with Family Quarter or the Cajon. So local wrestling really had Sunday shows. Yeah. It, it was, it was. That's how they used to do it. And then, uh, you know, when the, the next wave, the modern Philippine wrestling happened, I was actually one of the first people they reached out to, um, you know, to just meet up. Not, when it was still a group, not before it actually became an organization. And I was... You know, they were already asking for membership dues. And I was one of the people there. Um, I I just didn't make it to the first meeting. Oh, the members. Oh, my God. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, on the Facebook group, we yeah, said, yeah. I think it was 300. Or... Yeah, yeah. There you go. Exactly that. So it's like the next thing I knew, oh, my God, I didn't realize that the people I was talking to ended up being the founders of PWR. So I could have been there. Not that I think I would have been a wrestler because the first thing I told them was I wanted to be an announcer. But interesting, what could have been, right? Yeah, what could have been? Um, you could have been, what, uh, 
Oh God, you could have been figure. That's it. I, I probably wouldn't be a wrestler. Like uh, you know, my my bones are too brittle for that stuff. Uh, I I did offer my services to do marketing and be uh, an announcer. Okay, so you were supposed to be the Potch before Potch or the Camus before Camus had his job stolen by Potch and Cristo. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, yes, this is a very big precursor to our marking out for Camus in this episode. Absolutely, because you know Camus finally. You know, it, it's like a coming-of-age story. Except for a guy who's almost 30 years old. And no, not the coming-of-age story that me and John usually joke about in this show, mind <laughs> you. This is wholesome. This is our friend we're talking about. We love you, Camus. Yeah, uh, the guy who tags with the Cap Tutan, yeah, that's wholesome. Absolutely. Hey, hey, walang malisha. It's, it's not his fault that, you know... Some people are sexually objectifying his uh, tag team partner. It's, I, I think when you oil yourself up before the match starts, there has to be something said for you objectifying yourself. No, no, that, that's, you know, in ancient Greek, when they wrestle, they oil themselves up so they can be slippery because you know what happens if you lose in ancient Greek wrestling. Yes, but you also knew that there was a lot of sexual virility associated with the whole thing, right? I didn't know that. Yes, there oh, was. No. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, there was. Come on, dude. <laughs> you, you're, you're, you're skipping out the most interesting part of your history classes. I apologize. <laughs> to the ancient Greeks? Could, no, to my history teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so there. So, you know, I, I mean, really, for me, that's really the highlight of the show. Um, aside from obviously the main event, the highlight of the show was Camus's debut. I can't forgive myself for missing out on that. Yeah, because like, wow, dude, if you were there, it's like it was uh, from out of nowhere. Nobody, nobody expected uh, Camus to show to suddenly start wrestling because you know Tutan already had this moment in Revo X, and it's not like they were expecting, uh, you know. Suddenly, that he would be part of a tag team with Camus. Yeah. And going into that match, the only thing we were assured of that Johan or Logan, who, who was gone? Logan wasn't around. He Logan was wasn't sick, around. Yeah. yeah. Logan was sick with measles. Mm -hmm. um, are, no, I'm pretty sure it was Johan. I think it was Logan. Lo yeah, I think it was Logan. It was Logan. Okay, okay, okay. Well, one of the twins were out with measles, so there's a big chance the twins were not going to make it until the one who made it there. Uh, had help from Revo Ranger. Yep. yep. So Johan tagged with Revo Ranger, uh, invoking the magical powers of their attorney dad. See, even Revo Ranger is no match for Olioras Law. Right. Olioras and Olioras partners. Yeah, Yo Law. <laughs> there you go. So, so um, it was very interesting because uh, I really. You know, it, it's, it's, it's really like magic. It's like there's no explanation for it. They just, whatever his dad, whatever their dad wants, it happens. it happens. It's like next thing you know, they could take over PWR just by using his magical lawyer powers. Against Ama John Sebastian, wrestling lord and savior? Are you saying even our god is, a, is not above YOLO? Hey, we'll, we'll find out, right? Okay, yeah, that's, true, out. that's true, that's true, true. we'll find out, okay. Um, but yeah, before we mark out further, we, we can put that in the back burner yeah, for yeah. now because something happened before that match. There was a pre-show 
And uh, I think in your review, you called it the Rhetoric Mahaba, so from start to mid to finish, because this is where he was establishing his dominance in the ring, because the first match was him versus two ninjas. A couple of ninjas, you you know, as in they were just masked, they were wearing black, and it was generic as F. And they were quite handily... Yeah, it was just squashed, like two on one, but the squash happened from the one guy. And speaking of one guy, another guy came in and you said, Sayang, uh, this uh, Samoan Papa. Yeah. How Sayang? Does he have the look to be... He has the look. He really, I, I will repeat this because it bears repeating. He looked like Jason Moa from afar. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, he had the physique. He's lacking the tribal tattoos, obviously. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but dude looked like he could have been, you know, he could have been the next debuting wrestler. And he got squashed to establish the dominance of Rhetoric Mahaba. So... This happened last year in MWF. Uh, a debuting wrestler got squashed by Fabio Makisig. So does he have this Prince Aldrin upside to him? Looks-wise, and yeah, I think he, he did have a minimal offense. It's just that, you know, um, Rhetoric Mahaba being, uh, unlike Fabio Makisig, is, uh, is a monster of a man in terms of size. So it's not like the regular stuff that you'd see from... Because remember, um, if my memory serves me right, when Fabio Makisig made an open challenge, it was uh, a guy named uh, Kyle Season oh, who showed up, right? But before that, it was Aldrin. Uh, I think it was, it was Aldrin. Yeah, 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 it was Aldrin. Before that, it was Aldrin. So these guys are, you know, about the, about the same size as Fabio Makisig. Yeah, so, but... But this guy, even if he looks like, you know, uh, Samoan Filipino. <laughs> I mean, they're both Pacific Islanders. Filipinos yeah. sometimes are considered Pacific Islanders. Uh, this guy was nowhere near the size of Frederick Mahaba. So it stands to reason that a guy like that couldn't really even knock down Frederick Mahaba. That's true. At least at this point in his career, for obvious reasons. But, you know, still... I hope that it's not the last we've seen of him because dude looks promising. Maybe they could even change his gimmick for all I care, but but Samoan Papa sounds cool. Samoan Papa. Samoan Papa, yeah. Mad props to you, man. You have a fan here. <clears throat> now, let's go on first uh, about the tournament. It was for the number one contendership of the PWR title. We had the first two matches was Apocalypse versus Ama, John Sebastian, and Main Max versus Crystal. Let's briefly run down here because, yeah, you made a good uh, rundown of things yeah, in yeah, the yeah, last yeah, app. Um, the, the thing I, I failed to mention is it doesn't make sense that uh, they're in, you know, that John Sebastian and Crystal are in the tournament and they, they didn't seem like they were trying hard. Oh, okay. It seemed like, you know, they, they I mean, you know when those guys are trying to really win. And, and come on, it's a still a number one contendership shot for the PWR Championship. So it seemed like they were, you know, they were having fun with it. Okay. Um, I guess storyline-wise, that doesn't that seemed weird. Okay. I mean, I, I guess that's that's one thing I overlooked. It, it seemed weird that they were. It seemed like they were taking it easy. I mean, they they ended up losing given that, um, and maybe other people could have used that slot. I don't know. Oh, okay. 
I might argue that maybe that's an upcoming storyline that they were so lax, they lost the tournament, they might quite possibly lose the belts because of the loss of focus, and something's gonna happen soon. Well, there, there's true. there's another side to that, right? That's that, how I see it. That's true because when you whenever you ask if the right person won. <laughs> <laughs> which is a question that normally nobody asks me but for some strange reason i got asked often the last time it it's never you know unless the other person cheated that the answer is always obvious in kfab in kfab right yeah, yeah. yeah the the right person won because they got the one two three that's all that matters really yeah. but if you're asking beyond that if the right person won <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> it's such a loaded question looking back. See, this is where I critique my critique. Looking back, that is a loaded question that I should have not quickly answered. Looking back on the things you've done, mm -hmm. we weren't trying to be someone though. Yeah, I played my part. And then next thing I know, I guess we have a very nice intermission number next next month. Yes, because on July 22 intermission, I heard it's going to be very, very big banged. Uh-huh. So, hopefully, uh, we'll see follow-through on that. Uh, but, yeah. So, but I I think, now that you've mentioned it, I, I think it, it could serve a long-term purpose for, for uh, John Sebastian and Crystal. And it also establishes uh, the two resident monsters uh, that they can dominate a former champion, a former, what, two-time champion, right? John Sebastian... Yeah, two-time former champion and the other half of the current tag team champions. And yeah, this is looking good too for Mr. C. Because as a manager, this is his first, what? First win. As first win as a manager. Uh, you know, uh, like I said, if he, if he didn't win, I, I expected a beatdown from Main Max. It's like, come on. You're going to hire a manager and you don't have to That's true, that's true. He's going to keep his uh, contract... Not under review, He's he'll be extended for the next few shows for Main Max as well. Sounds good. I mean, that should be the plan because, you know, Stan C, I mean, Mr. C, after all, is is one of one of the better talkers and he really knows how to talk up Main Max. You know, he knows how to m make a big deal out of Main Max, which, which is as it should be. The only reason he hasn't made that much of an impact was really because he disappeared for a year. For an injury but you take that away i'm sure he would have been in the main event a lot of times last year oh yeah i i agree and speaking of sounds good i like to correct you it sounds like good because the next match involves the kaka ibros <laughs> trian de la torre and evan carlo uh, i think the punk dolls yes um uh, yeah ha one half of one the yolo twins, twins and rever ranger and the main event Come Tutan! Yes, yes. AKA the match I kind of got pissed that I wasn't there to see. Yeah, because, you know, I'm sure if you knew that was coming, you might have skipped out on your, whatever your commitments were. Family commitments, yeah. I could have said to my aunt, hey, uh, can't drive. Why? Watching my friend wrestle for the first time. Yeah, so, you know, life moments like that. Yeah, Dude, yeah. <laughs> next time. Next time. <laughs> ne next time you wrestle for the first time. <laughs> Not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, the, the things you miss, man. You you missed quite a lot. But you know, this match was really awesome. Um, as far as I'm concerned, it's. Uh, I was hoping for uh, like a Kofi King Kofi Kingston is 
uh, kind of spot, but I did not see any. I was hoping for even just one. Like, you know, he, he someone would get flipped over and then he'd land on his tag team partner. So technically, both feet did not hit the ground. Stuff like that, you know, whatever. But that did not happen. What did happen, though, was um, it seems that Robin just had enough. Like, she was a house on fire when she got eliminated and just went nuts on Johan and Martivo and Revo Ranger and anyone who got in her way try, as she tried to get back at Logan for eliminating her. Oh, God, that's very... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, the, I, that was a mean streak of hers that I did not expect. And I'm, I'm sure that will lead to something, uh, hopefully something singles-related, because um, we've seen Martivo... Robin versus Yolo twins for a long time already, but having a singles feud between Johan and and um, oh. Robin would be interesting. Wait, I think I know who was gone. Mm-hmm. Johan was out, so it was Logan and Rever Ranger. We're, we apologize, guys. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. So Logan. Okay. There you guy go. in red. Uh, he was red, right? War red. I think. Yeah, yeah, red. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I wasn't there. But yeah, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm sure we got it right this time. If not, there's the Twitter, there's the Facebook. You can share the show and tell me what I got wrong. All right. So aside from that, I guess the the ending was people were hoping for the Kaka Bros to win. Okay. Which is, did you ever expect this a year ago, dude? No. Everyone wanted them to be eliminated first last year or like get their ass beaten up because they're JJ guys. Everyone wanted them to die. <laughs> yeah. yeah, remember it was 2017, Kaka versus the world. Yeah, <laughs> and the next thing we knew, 2018, it's their year. It turns out, you know, having a presidential decree to round up the Kaka Ibros or their, or, you know, their ilk or their, their made fault. them sympathetic underdogs. Salamat, uh, whoever <laughs> the president is. There you go. So, no, but seriously. People wanted them to win, and I guess they have to wait a little longer. Yeah. It's not like I'm going to complain about ECX and Tree and Delatore winning okay. either. That's, a, that's a, you know, yes, um, I think that uh, those guys, well, you know, they're always on the cusp of becoming tag team champions. And they got nice merch. That too. <laughs> Plus, you know that they can always make any feud or any em- opponent interesting, yes. even just on their own. <laughs> Yes, I remember that few. <laughs> <laughs> right? So I, I think that, 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 that's what makes them reliable. And hopefully we'll, we'll see where it leads because, you know, they're, they're supposed to be buddy-buddies with John Sebastian. But they might realize just how, you know, the level of just how exactly how close they are to John Sebastian. <laughs> Once they actually get in the ring against the, the against our wrestling lord and savior and Crystal, yeah, and the Queen, <laughs> oh man, but yeah, I'm very excited because yeah, I, you know, one of my dreams is to see those two as tag team champions. And last year when they were facing Delirium, I was like, so it's another mismatched tag team like Delirium versus Mike Madrigal and the uh, legendary Kevin Skull. Now it's TDT and uh, Evan Carlo. But I was still pulling for them to win. So yeah, from a tag team out of nowhere, they like the chemistry is off the charts, man. They gelled. They, they just gelled. And, you know, the Carlo show is one of 
my personal highlights as a fan of PWR. I always look forward to the episodes. I, I watch it. I, I get 90% of the jokes, I guess. And which is nice because, you know, I, I'm clearly not an insider. I'm clearly not part of the inside jokes, but I get most of the humor. Even the inside jokes you might not get, they still know how to make you get it and you can laugh at it. It's like you're like, still part of it. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're part of it. Uh, you know, especially when they guest. Who's that guy? The one they love guesting? Uh, uh, the. Ronald? Ronald. Oh, oh, our friend, uh, the, the mayor of Youngstown. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he's, he kicks ass, man. He kicks so much ass. Like, uh, Camus? You know what happens if you don't edit the show? Geloteca <laughs> Tarantado. It's like, yes, you know, see, wow, you know. Even that, they got it. Yeah, so all I can say right now is I'm glad we are going in so many different directions that the original review did not. <laughs> so at least we're not retreading stuff, you know, yeah. we're just not just retreading stuff here. You know, and it is fun. It's, it's, it's almost like Stephen Colbert. Like, like I'm... You know, that, that guy reviewing on SGP is Stephen Colbert. And this is Stephen Colbert. <laughs> you know, the, the, the one who's not a character. Or is it the other way around? I don't know anymore. I don't know. Is Jobber Talk a podcast about talking about wrestling or having a storyline of its own? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, think, I think we broke the fourth wall so hard it just collapsed on us, dude. Maybe it's the friends we met along the way. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> anyway, yeah, back on track. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Carlos, yeah, I love that show. And yes, we go back to why Kamsa's debut had a big pop. You mentioned it already because he was one of us outside looking in. And now, finally, after the injury, after being a young boy for so long, and you watch, uh, you were an audience guy. He like. There in front of you, taking the dives, yeah, chaperoning, uh, um, you know, acting, acting as an usher. He's always been there, offering pizza. By the way, yes, yes, he offers pizza, guys. Yeah, offers pizza, and then when they had potato corner, I think he also offered fries. Yeah. So you know, I, the dude w- was hustling hard for PWR as one of its best um, unofficial ambassadors. He even shells out the merch. During us lining up for the shows, I see he's he like merch, he shills merch hard, man, and not just his own merch, everyone's merch. Yeah. So, you know, that that is an asset to, to the company to PWR. And the fact that he finally uh, graduated from being a young boy to officially being an active wrestler that is, you know, something that I am personally proud of as someone who considers Camus as a friend. Same here, because uh, come on, man! I'm like God, that, from day one he's there, you know. Day one ish. Yeah, day one ish, and he finally made. It's like your, it's like your neighbor. Hey, hey, man, how you doing? I'm doing fine. Then the next day you see him wrestle. Oh shit, that's my neighbor right there. Look at him in the ring, man. My neighbor. My neighbor. <laughs> my neighbor. <laughs> but yes, uh, again, we'd like to congratulate you, Camus, if you're listening. If you're a friend of Camus who's listening, please uh, link him this show. Because we are uh, selling him quite hard right now. And we're marking out quite hard right now. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. He's my N-word. Neighbor. <laughs> neighbor. My neighbor. <laughs> All right. But yeah. Um, so yeah. Let's um, move on to uh, the rest of the show. The rest of the show. Because um, 
the rest of the guys might get pissed that yeah. Camus is getting the spotlight here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though I feel he deserves the. Well, he's gonna get more of the spotlight next month when he start when he dances, <laughs> based on the decree of our wrestling lord and savior, John Sebastian. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, also we're spoiling that already. We're spoiling that. Spoiler alert, because you might not be following them on Twitter. There will be a dance number. And I'll I'll try to you know uh, minimize my CR break to uh, actually watch that dance number. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, again, before we move on, Camus, congratulations. We are effing proud proud of you. Not just me, not just Cal. You know, most of the fans are just because of that pop too. Not just because of pop, even more so. So yeah. Uh, let's go on to the next match. It is JDL versus AB3. It's the Senorito versus the Warlord. <laughs> Warlord. <laughs> well, first of all, I, I love these two guys when they wrestle. They're, they're you know, um, JDL, of course, is a master of telling a fast-paced story in the ring. And then the Warlord is like, he's a big guy who who you never know what he'll just pull out of his arsenal of moves. So, AB3, I didn't expect that this was going to be a fast-paced match. Mm-hmm. Uh, and AB3 delivered. And, of course, in the end, you didn't really expect JDL would keep losing, you know, keep much of a losing streak going, right? Because he did, he may have uh, taken the 1-2-3 against uh, Zayden Trudeau. He may have lost. But I didn't think he was going to let himself stay down for long so he ended up winning uh the first round of the tournament fair and square you know fair and square so the yes match. the right man won <laughs> because it was a fair and square match no questions no shenanigans and they even shook hands afterwards ah, there there show of respect show yes. of respect which is like you know and, and that's what i like about jdl as a heel he's not a despicable heel he's a heel be only because he believes in him himself so much that he's not gonna let anyone tell him otherwise. Uh, just like that. Um, that reminds me. It's like Jeff Hardy getting his hand raised by the Undertaker, American mm-hmm. Badass, back in two thousand two. It's not like Undertaker turned face on the spot, right? Yeah. He was still a heel, but he made sure to give props where props were due. Mm-hmm. It was like that moment, and yeah, props to AB3 for giving the fight to JDL. But yeah, our Senorito advances, and the next match will... Oh, oh, wait, not yet. There was a six-man tag. Uh, Apparently, it was... Oh, God, Sandata, Mm -hmm. Daxaviera, and Quattro. So that's um, the masked contingent plus Dax. Uh, Was Quattro still masked or unmasked? I think he was masked, then he took off his mask on his way to the ring. Okay, so just one guy with a mask na lang. Yeah, it's only Sandata who's wearing a mask. So, um, obviously, their opponents were uh, Vintendo, uh, Jenny Vander, yeah, Jenny Vander, PWD, and, and Bolt, surprisingly. It's like, what's Bolt doing there? Are you sure that's not his evil twin brother? Yeah. Is it just me, or if you put a line on Bolt's face, he'd look like Asuka? Why? I, I don't know. I, How was, I, I wasn't there. What, no, is this... just imagine Bolt with, with the line... Across his face, like a straight line. Because if I imagine that, I'll imagine him wearing shoulder pads and playing American football. Well, there you go. But I, I see Asuka. Okay, okay, okay. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I, we apologize if a new joke will come out of this. We apologize 
to ask if this offends you or to bolt if this offends you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we have no we're, idea. We're just gonna apologize right now, but yeah, yeah. No, but that... seriously, when, when, once I saw it, I couldn't unsee it anymore. And Bolt, um, or whoever that was, the evil twin, it's like, it. I mean, to me, it's like, why is he hanging out with these guys? You know, why is he hanging out with Janivander and Vintendo? Maybe he got killed off and then his dead body got resurrected by the magical powers of Nintendo. Salamat, Nintendo. And Johnny Vander is a doctor. That's He's true. a doctor. That's true. He might have helped Nintendo after he resurrected him. Maybe his body was too mangled after the attack by the Senorito. Mm-hmm. He needed a PWD, Pro Wrestling Doctorate. Remember, Johnny Vander can break our fingers like, like that. Maybe can unbreak arms like so. So yeah, that, that that's a possibility. Or maybe Bolt is just always up for a fight. That is true. He just wants to fight, and he saw open uh, slot. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a Japanese Finley ish. But yeah, yeah, I heard you missed a spot after the match because when they lost, yeah, Bolt when... got beaten up by yeah. the Doctor and uh, Nintendo. Yeah, they took it out on him while the the you know the other team already left, and the next thing we knew, suddenly. Revo Ranger shows up and rescues Bolt. And by the looks of it, we now have a new, very interesting tag team. Revo Ranger and Bolt. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, I, I've i always said that I'm clearly not the target market for, you know, Revo Ranger. Not that that means that, you know, I have to not like him or anything. In fact, he's grown on me over time, but I'm clearly not his target market. But for some reason, Bolt hits all the right notes for yes. me. So I want to see how that's going to affect my perception of Revo Ranger now that he's going to be tagging with Bolt. I'm assuming that's what's going to happen. Seems like the best of both worlds. Uh, Super Sentai is uh, Revo Ranger plus uh, anime. Super, super Yeah, Super Anime Bolt. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So I, I, I think the, they do have chemistry. First of all, um, they're, very, uh, they're both very crowd friendly so and of course that means we're gonna see them match up against Vintendo and Jan Jan Evander so that should be interesting because well I haven't seen that much of Jan Evander yet to really establish how I feel about the guy all right speaking of established it's the established veteran or established former PWR champion Panzer Taking on Mr. Sinsick himself, Vlad Sinsick. Vlad Sinsick has uh, just really knows how to, you know, wrestle as a wild man kind of guy. It's like he he's intimidating. It's like yeah, for for if you're outside watching, you can, you might laugh, and that's what people normally do because they mimic his his you know grunts. <laughs> It's like yeah, yeah, you know. It's it's, uh, it's like, you know, especially with Cian Gaza getting five years oh, in jail. No. So it's like suddenly Niam uh, is relevant again. But it's only funny when you're not the guy wrestling him. Like I, every time I see him drop somebody on the apron and the ring apron, it's like wow. It's like if that the person afterwards gets up, it's like, stay I, down. please stay down, please let it be over. But no. Um, this time out, 
that move by Vlad Sinsik, one of the most brutal-looking moves in local wrestling, did not quite do the job. And Panzer instead won with a long-distance ego splash. It's like he dropped Vlad Sinsik. Vlad rolls to the other side of the ring, thinking he's safe. Thinking he's safe but no... Panzer leaps all the way, almost coast to coast, yeah. and lands the ego splash with room to spare. Oh, God. That, that's awesome. Like, so we're going to have on one side of the bracket, Apocalypse versus Main Max. The mm -hmm. other side is going to be two former PWR champs. This is going to be quite the final four. So who's your pick for the final four? Well, my pick is I just really want a new matchup for the championship. We've seen... Three out of those four matchups already. Yeah, we've seen Panzer, Ralph, JDL, Ralph, and Apocalypse, Ralph. Mm -hmm. But we have not seen Main Max, Ralph. So... And for me, I would like to see that happen. Mm -hmm. Because, um, let's face it, Main Max has been gone a long time. But that guy can make an impact whenever he wants to. And I, I think if he contends for the for for the PWR title he will make one hell of a challenge for Ralphie Mabayashi. All right, thank you so much. Speaking of the champion, let's go to Ralph versus Zayden Trudeau. Actually the background of this match got me interested. Even Ralph talked about it before the match. It was kind of the same situation of how Ralph became the first champion. He got slotted into the number 1 contendership out of nowhere as a young up and coming talent. And he took that belt from a first-worlder a bit early, and no one saw that coming. And now this is, his, this is like him facing his past self, trying to exercise that demon. Well, that's true. Uh, it's just that Ralph Imabayashi has the benefit of that kind of hindsight, yeah. which the previous title holder did not when he faced Ralph. Yeah. So because of that, he managed to eke out the win. And he actually, the thing is, while it was a, clearly a back-and-forth match, if you watched it, you would understand psychologically that it was not. Because all throughout, Ralph Imabayashi dictated the pace of the match. And you know, if he says that the match has to be slow-paced, that is never in the favor of a high flyer like Zayden Trudeau. I like how you talked about this in SGP, where you likened Ralph to the Spurs mm -hmm. and Zayden to a high-octane team like a Steve yeah, Nasron Suns, right? So basically, yeah, Ralph's elbow is Bruce Bowen <laughs> and Zayden is Steve Nash and bam! Bam! You ain't going nowhere, Steve. No, <laughs> no. And, and that's why you can see that he was so tired, he couldn't hit his signature spots. He would actually he actually botched a standing shooting star press twice. But I think you, I think we can argue that it was, you know, it was but meant to be it because fell into yeah. you know. But it seemed like the right thing to happen. I'm not saying botch as in you know like like botch the wrestling term, but botch in it seemed like it he doesn't have the energy to do it precisely because of how Ralph wrestled him to the ground for most of the match. Okay, uh, basically, his stamina bar was drained, so he can't perform that move. Yep. So it's like he, he nails 630, the first ever 630 oh. splash in the Philippines. He nails that. He couldn't even go for the pinfall. Imagine that. It's like, the, you know, Ralph Imabayashi 
put him through the rigors of the kind of match that he has to be prepared for if he wants to take his game to the next level. And, you know, as harsh as Ralph may have put it, that, you know, they they were saying after after the match, that, you know, Zayden is hella good, but he's not on my level. As harsh as that may sound, that's only a challenge for Zayden to step it up. You know, because I believe he can. I really yeah. believe he can. So we're going back to basketball analogy. It's like saying the Bulls can't make it to the finals because the Pistons keep always on... in the way. Yes, the Pistons were always in the way. And then Jordan just blossomed and blossomed and eventually had Pippen. But, you know, <laughs> but Zayden doesn't need a Pippen in this analogy because it's just one-on-one, right? Yeah. So let's just see how far he can develop himself so that he could be ready for that kind of a challenge next time it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we're doing intertextual. Nah, we'll yeah, save that for we'll later. We'll save that for some other time. Yeah. <laughs> now, let's go to the main event. It's PHX champion Ken Warren taking on former PH excellence Mike Madrigal. Take it away. Yep. So, for the main event, it was uh, three stages of death, which means that um, there were three falls... Whoever wins two out of three falls gets the title. And it started uh, pretty high impact because uh, while Ken Warren was making his entrance, Mike Madrigal laid him out. That was how aggressive Mike Madrigal was. He was, you know, normally he he jokes around, he makes side comments. But that night, he was not joking. He was, you know, he was really pissed off. And all throughout that match, you... You saw that the story was Mike Madrigal. You the the challenge was not for Ken Warren to win, but the challenge was for Ken Warren to survive Mike Madrigal's wrath. Because you know how he got the first fall? He got it via roll up. Because Mike Madrigal was so focused on laying the beat down on on Ken Warren that he lost focus for a moment uh, of the actual you know, winning the match that he he lost the first fall via quick roll up. Then after that, it became a no DQ match, and that's when Mike Madrigal got the upper hand because he eventually used his glove, the one with the oh. thumbtacks, to lock in like like a sort of like a yes lock or like a crippler crossface kind of lock, a variant. And of course, I know Ken Warren's a tough guy, but you have to tap out when. Thumbtacks are being driven into your face. Not to mention he he, he also used a screwdriver, uh, barbed wire, board. You know there were a lot of you know things used there. Steel chairs, a kendo stick that you know was beyond repair by the end of it. Ladders. So it was it was brutal. You know, and I'm not even a hardcore fan. I'm not a hardcore. I mean, I'm not a fan of hardcore wrestling. So this to me was brutal as heck and we were wincing with what we were witnessing because multiple times they would be dropping onto the thumbtacks because there were thumbtacks laid out in the middle of the ring and not just that because the thumbtacks were there the whole time there were times that when they're scrambling and just trying to stand up they would accidentally put their hands on the thumbtacks it happened multiple times. It's even the part where during the second fall, this one, I have to point out, Ken Warren was tapping and then he couldn't tap. Why? Because he was tapping into the thumbtacks. <laughs> he had to stop and move his hand before he could tap out. It was that brutal. And 
what made it wonderful was for me when they did that everything that was happening was justified because this is how bad they wanted the PHX title it was hardcore wrestling with the r- valid reason behind it you know it's not just hardcore wrestling because you know because we're supposed to be hardcore no no it's really there is a valid desire to win the championship you can see how much it meant to both men so when you got to the third fall which was last man standing it really came to a head by the time that uh the one fall apiece they were just slugging it out hitting each other there was even a point where they handcuffed themselves to each other because you know uh, mike madrigal surprisingly got cocky he uncuffed um uh, uh, ken warren from the ring ropes and then cuffed him to himself and then they he handed him another uh boxing glove with thumbtacks and they started punching each other out so you know those things I, I you know i don't normally do play by play but this match was so embedded in my mind i could practically do a play by play of how it happened until the kakai bros went down they you thought they were going to help you thought they were going to help mike madrigal but no they functionally turned face by leaving mike madrigal in the lurch not uncuffing him and then finally ken warren found it in himself you know to do a chair shot John Sebastian, who was sitting uh, by the ring bell, shouted, Oh, ayan, alam mo masakit, ano? <laughs> he was telling Mike Mariano, ngayon, alam mo na masakit. <laughs> which, which, which is the much-needed levity in the middle of the brutality. It's like John Sebastian's side comment just made the room a little lighter, but just a little. Because immediately after that, Ken, Ken Warren was walking towards the, ring, the bell area to get his title belt to put it around uh, Mike Madrigal's neck to Wi-Fi the belt into his skull wow. for the you know for the final ten count for to win the last man standing match. So you know that's how more more or less the match went down based on my foggy you know not, not foggy vivid memory of it. And wow, I, I'm sorry, I think it deserves being recounted that way because that was a main event that, for me, elevated Ken Warren, who already is my favorite Philippine wrestler, full stop. Mm-hmm. He you know, elevated the dude to a new level. And Mike Madrigal as well. Because, you know, it's easy to say that hardcore wrestling is garbage because, you know, they, they're just hitting each other with hard things on the head. But this one, nah. This was definitely a match that showed you just how important the PHX title is to the you know whoever is holding it and whoever is challenging for it. All right, thank you, Cal. And afterwards, we found out the new contender for Ken Warren's PHX championship. Yep, dude was in, was still actually dazed, you know, he was staggering, and then <laughs> Redrick Mahaba walks in. Remember, he was at the start of the pre-show. He accompanied Ralphie Mabayashi during his entrance. And now he's here at the tail end of the show to point out that he has cashed in his favor uh, for, you know, from last year for helping out in uh, Ubusan Alahi. And he is challenging for the PHX title. And of course, he offered a handshake 
And of course, he laid the beat down on Ken Warren, who was already dazed and confused even before all of that. And, you know, that new finisher of uh, Rhetoric Mahabas is a sight to behold. You have to see it. Uh, it's called Alab ng Puso. It looks like an elevated, uh, moving, you know, the swiveling DDT or something like that. Inverse elevated swiveling DDT. All right. So now is a new threat to Ken Warren Spade's X Rain. And yeah, thank you guys for, well, no, thank you, Kel, for no problem. reviewing Respeto and critiquing your uh, <laughs> review. Now let's move on to the upcoming show this coming July 8th. It's MWF3 back in UP Diliman, I heard. Yep. And they also have a tournament for the very first MWF champion. So far, so good. We got Robin Sane advancing. So who is your pick to win the MWF title, to be the first MWF champion? When it comes to firsts, I would always prefer that it's a baby face. And then, you know, a lengthy heel run for the chase. But the first, because it's historic, has to be a baby face. So my, I'm rooting for Robin Sane to make it all the way. Then again, that's true because Robin Sane has a lot of firsts in Philippine pro wrestling. First match, PWR 2014, Renaissance. First, what, um, 450? First history maker. First MWF guy to enter a PWR ring, a technically the real PWR ring, not MCS. And now, yeah, that's true, the first MWF champion. And he'll be facing Ho Ho Lun in MWF3. You think he's going to even up the odds and make it 1-1? I think if they have plans of making uh, Robin Sane champion, they really should finally let him have a win over Ho Ho Lun. Because um, that will only solidify him. And le let's face it, Hoholon has had his number for a while already. It's been two matches, one tag team, one singles, where he lost. And, uh, you know, and, and then Hoholon got the better of him. He was actually tagging with Hoholon in that match. But, you know, uh, apparently that was a very short-lived partnership right there. And it's time that they really settled this feud because who knows? Ho Ho Lun might have his sights on someone else in the future, right? And it's 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 great to see Robin Sane uh, advance because he got the monkey off his back. He has always had trouble with uh, Mr. Lucha, even in the I think even in the con the history con shows he's had trouble with Mr. Lucha. So the fact that he's finally had that monkey off his back that's one, but Ho Ho Lun is another. So if he manages to pull that off, then he has all the momentum going into the rest of the tournament. Anything else you want to talk about for the upcoming show of MWF? Uh, anyone you're looking forward to? Well, first of all, there are two question marks in the brackets, and we have no idea who they are. Um, I, 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 I could speculate. You could make random guesses. Do you know that there was a rumor, okay, a rumor from certain people I won't name my sources for this one, but there was rumor that a certain guy whose name starts with an N and ends with an E might show up in MWF. It's a rumor, and I've had it debunked, but that was an interesting rumor as long as it lasted. Well, let's just say that, you know, this guy, nobody would expect him to show up in an MWF ring. 
Okay, it starts with an N. Well, I can't say it's Nina, because that ends with an TNT. A. Not TNT. Think bigger. Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, but again, the rumor has been debunked, so I highly doubt it. I highly doubt that's going to happen. But it would be awesome if it did. Yeah, for me, I was well guessing that one of the question marks is actually a PWR star, like maybe a Zayden Trudeau. Oh, it's not. It's not out of the ordinary, but that would be weird, you know, because hypothetically that means there's a chance that the first ever MWF champion is a PWR wrestler. That would be weird. Yeah, that is also not out of the question, right? But that's also not out of the question. <laughs> that, that's that's what makes these crossovers awesome. That anything can really happen at this point. I think that's what I like about it. This, you know, it it makes for a spicy, you know, spicy discussion, yeah. because because let, let's face it, um, we recently discovered that Moises, uh, uh, you know, Liwanag is still alive. Well, back from the dead, maybe, <laughs> or back from the dead, whichever. But he's back from the dead, and he's not in the bracket, so he could be one of the question marks. That could be true. That could be true. He might be facing what? Uh, the question mark is either facing Rex Lawin or Fabio Makisig. Oh, so there you go. So Rex Lawin or Fabio Makisig. And if we had to have a heel champion, I'm sorry, Fabio is awesome, but Rex Lawin has been on a tear lately that you just cannot ignore. You know, back then we were when when, when MWF started, we were just laughing. At Rex La uh, Lawin because we just thought, oh come on, you know, it's just he's just a big guy, and then we realized, no, this big guy is legit. <laughs> we're not laughing anymore. We're just our jaws are just dropping, watching this this guy decimate everyone he steps into the ring with. So I I think that if they had to have a heel champion, Rex Lawin is your go-to guy because like he he has vibes of Brock Lesnar and Samoa Joe. If Brock Lesnar and Samoa Joe had a kid with Andrew E. There's your guy. <laughs> that sounds like a dangerous combination. And that is him, Danger Rex Lawin. That's your other pick for the MWF title. Yes. So we would like to remind you guys that this July 8th at UP Diliman, I think, Bahay ng Alumni again? Definitely Bahay ng Alumni. Check it out. It's MWF3. Uh, what's the name? Uh, it's MWF3 Republica. We hope to see you there. Well, I know I can't, but you'll see Cal and the rest, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe. We're we're not a hundred percent sure we can go because, um, well, unfortunately, uh, birthday parties. Oh yeah, I have that too that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't remind me. Anyway, yeah, um, we also would like to remind you that July twenty second, PWR returns to the Power Max Spotlight Center. Yeah, it's PWR two. Way of the warrior, way of the champion, way of the champion, way of the champion. It's Ralph Imobayashi. Way of the warlord, dude. <laughs> I wanted it to be <laughs> anyway. Um, it's Ralph Imobayashi taking on Koto Hero for the PWR Campion and Pinas, and I'm assuming that it's also gonna be the tag team titles on the line. TDDT, ECX, the Naughty Boys taking on. Our Lord and Savior, John Sebastian, and our Queen, Crystal. And a special intermission number by Camus! Grab Camus! Yes, again, we'd like to congratulate Camus for his in-ring debut. And don't forget, there's also the PHX title! It's Rhetoric Mahaba casting in the Vendetta thing, the from last year's Vendetta, Ubusan ng Lahi match, 
as he will face PHX champion Ken Warren. All that and more. And don't forget as well, again, tomorrow is going to be MWF3. We will have Ho-Ho Lun versus Robin Sane Part 2. And another movie for Gig Striker. Uh, I think it's Episode 3 right now. And if you missed out on Episode 1 and 2, they're on the MWF Facebook page. It's just there. If you want, we can provide it on the links below. Mr. Kel, where can they reach you online or if they want to have you as a guest for uh, any gigs like Magic or Stand Up or anything? Yep. Uh, well, I'm at Kel Fabi, K-E-L-F-A-B-I-E on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So that's uh, on the Twitter um, you, you can easily get in touch with me there and yes if you need me for hosting because I do hosting and professional mi- mentalism mind reading or magic so whether it's a corporate show uh, that's actually my specialty I perform for adults more often than I perform for children's parties but I also do children's parties I'm here for you know for s- quite a few more months before I officially leave so that should be interesting alright thank you Cal. And you can help this site unsuck by being a monthly patron, I think. That's patreon.com slash channel14. Uh, you can also find us on the Twitter. That's at CH14. All letters, no numbers. Check out our other shows like Third World Gaming featuring Critical Index, Third World Linux, come back guys, and the critically acclaimed Pulitzer Award-winning show Radio Norm. Please have six seasons and a spoken word tour. And that's it. We would like to thank our friend here, Mr. Kell. And we're out. Take care. Should we be inviting somebody first? Oh, before I forget. Yes. Um, yes. I hope you're listening. Um, apparently, Kell knows this guy. Uh, one Mr. Joseph? Yep. Joseph Montesilio. You are being called out. For all the right reasons. People want to hear what you have to say and we can't wait to hear from you, you know, in the flesh. So this is an open standing invite for you to guest on, of course, on Martin's show here on Jobber Talk because we'd love to hear from you. you. You know, controversy creates cash and all of that. But I think more than being controversial, it's about hearing your ideas and hearing you defend them and show to everyone you know that your love for wrestling and the the fact that you want wrestling to be better for everyone in general you know especially for philippine wrestling you want that you know that passion to translate for everyone to see it the way most other people generally don't right now and yeah it's also an invite for you to check out the future shows like what we said pwr and mwf Mm -hmm. but yeah um that said, Mr. Joseph, we would like you to guest in a future show featuring me and Kel, because I can't wait for a future debate episode between you and uh, Mr. Fabi right here. So yeah, before we go, yes, that's an offer. And this is not a stunt cast, by the way. We'd just like to open it, because yeah. And this is also an open invite to my friend from another show to apologize for invading my show. You have exactly 30 days. Goodbye.